Hey there. If you're anything like me, you have dreams you want to make reality or goals you want to achieve. But let's face it, time is not on your side. You're busy, you're tired. And when in the world would you carve out the amount of time you would need to achieve anything above and beyond the day-to-day -day load you're already carrying? Welcome to Mom on the Fringe. I am your host, Amy Matthews Mootville. I'm a busy mom of three young children, an entrepreneur, singer, voice teacher, and lover of any old piece of furniture that needs restoration. I am here to support you, encourage you, and give you tactical tips and tools to help you find those hidden pockets of time in your busy week and use that time to your advantage. Let's get started. Well, hey there. I can't wait to introduce my guest to you today. She is a longtime friend of mine, Sarah Tannehill Anderson. And she and I went to school together at UMKC. We were both at the Conservatory of Music. I was getting my Bachelor of Music Education, and she was getting her Master of Music in Vocal Performance. And I have to say, we became fast friends who giggled our way through rehearsals and supported each other through broken hearts and some broken dreams. I know that sounds a little dramatic to say, but we really went through some thick and thin together. She was actually a friend that I curled up next to and bawled with in my dorm room in Frankfurt, Germany on 9-11 as we watched the news unfold on CNN. She was actually living in Germany, another part of Germany at the time, uh, nannying and singing professionally. And she was actually getting ready to get on a plane to go and audition at the Met in New York. And she couldn't get on that plane that day because all flights were canceled into the U.S. So she stayed the night with me in my little dorm room. I was studying German at the Goethe Institute in Frankfurt. And we just really bawled and bonded over this whole event. Uh, we go through so much today in our talk and we just chat about the different things and, and the turns, twists and turns in our lives that have brought us where we are now. She's one of those friends that I can get on the phone with or text or Marco Polo, which we use a lot nowadays. And I feel like sometimes we can just, even from long distance, because she lives in Kansas City, I live in Austin, we can sort of solve the world's problems over uh, a cup of coffee or just over text. Uh, she's someone that I really admire and I love. So I can't wait for you to meet her today. Our audio is just a little bit off because I have still haven't figured out uh, how to do this with interviewing and having good audio on both sides. So I'm really working on that. Bear with me. I'm a newbie. And um, I hope that doesn't bug you too much during our interview, because I think it's a really good interview. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoy this. Leave me a review. Let us know how you liked it. And enjoy this conversation, because we certainly did. Can you hear me okay? I'm on speakerphone. Is that cool? That is totally cool. Yeah, speakerphone awesome. works as long as you don't go to the bathroom. <laughs> We don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Keep it down. Keep it real. 
This is kind of how Sarah Anderson and I roll. We are always laughing. <laughs> and she, it, I, I would really encourage my listeners, if you don't have a person in your life that you can laugh about stupid stuff with, that encourages you to be a total idiot, um, find one because <laughs> it is life-giving. <laughs> if you And if you don't have our uh, personal sense of humor, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, uh, we might have to develop an e-course on that one. <laughs> Here's how to have an absolutely ridiculous sense of humor. So I wanted to introduce you really quickly. It feels so formal. I don't want to. I don't want to be too formal because this isn't how you and I talk normally. But I do want to introduce you and tell a little bit about how you and I met, how long we've known each other. Sarah and I actually met in college, and I remember coming up to you, or we were in the bathroom. Speaking of bathrooms, uh huh. <laughs> and I remember. Do you remember that moment? Oh my gosh! It changed everything totally. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> cute hair. Sure, I said it just like that. And you were like, Oh my gosh, we need you said. But you were you were doing an audition, right? You were doing an audition for your master's. Yeah. 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 Yes. And and I had gone to like several other schools to interview and to um audition and no one would even deign to speak to me. And then I come to UMKC and this cute girl in the bathroom is like, oh my gosh. So basically you're saying the reason why you came to UMKC out of all the other schools was because Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was yeah. huge. I remember telling my dad, my dad had come with me and I told my dad when I came out of the bathroom, I was like, someone talked to me. <laughs> Juilliard was calling your name and the girl in the bathroom. <laughs> that- yeah, Juilliard. <laughs> Going in the bathroom changed everything. Sorry, I turned down that scholarship at Berkeley. That is right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, that's how you and I met. We were—I was getting my undergrad um, degree at UMKC as a music education major, and Sarah was getting her vocal performance degree. And we seriously became fast friends. I mean, Mm -hmm. we were after, you know, I think after that bathroom moment, we were kind of inseparable. um, And we've been talking about the bathroom ever since. (laughs) It it has become and maintained its steady thread in our, (laughs) for the rest of life. So that's been, gosh, I mean, we're talking 20 years ago. Because that's yeah. when, that's when I graduated from undergrad. Wow, we're old. Twenty. Um, yes, it, that's just a number, though. We're not old at heart. We're just old in on on paper, and you know, with our bathroom story. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly, anyway, we'll get away from the bathroom and just. <laughs> I wanted to just talk a little bit. You are you. There's so much to talk about. But basically, I wanted to just kind of dive in today to um, who you are, first of all, what you, um, gosh, all the things you've accomplished, but then also just how our friendship has 
you know, developed over the years. And we have um, just really, I feel like you're my therapist. And <laughs> back at you. <laughs> and Marco Polo, by the way, I feel like has, has just amped that up about 20 notches um, for the encouragement and help and just venting and things that we've been able to accomplish with that. So it's been great. So I, totally. I'm going I'm to give everyone just a quick um, bio from you. You are a coloratura soprano extraordinaire and you are in um you you didn't write that but i, I <laughs> but uh, you have been uh you've had a professional career for a long long time um even since before we met you are a, a, you basically studied opera just like i did and you have found your way more so in the realm of singing a lot of Bach. You are a member of Bach Aria Soloist, um, Lyric Arts Trio. Your two-time Grammy award-winning Kansas City Chorale member, <laughs> and you're the uh, featured soloist on the Chorale's first uh, Grammy award-winning album, Life and Breath. And I mean, the the list just goes on of all of your notoriety in the music world. And I really feel like I just need to pause a moment and just go, oh, my gosh, you've accomplished a lot. But I think the best best accomplishment is that you're my friend. And maybe a tad below that accomplishment is that you're married to a high school choir director. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think? Good decision, bad decision. (laughs) Lifetime achievement award goes to, um, yeah, it's it's definitely um, something that you talk about a lot. Of course, your husband Sam Anderson and your journey with, you know, kind of being a lonesome choir director's wife. (laughs) Yes, yes. you are, so you do all of these things, you're singing still a lot, and you also have a, a studio where you teach privately. We commiserate a lot about that. And then, um, not about our students, but just the, the, the challenges of teaching privately. Yeah. Um, works, you, you lead workshops on singing, and I know that the, it's called Raise Your Voice, right? Yeah. And I mean, you, you're performing constantly and, and doing so many different things. And the latest thing that you've come out with, which I just think is brilliant, is you have a, an online uh, sort of teaching, vo- vocal teaching uh, called Voice RX. Tell me just a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you for thinking that's brilliant. I'm still on the fence about it. I really... <laughs> I really love it. It's a, it's kind of a weekly um, subscription that you can take a little voice lesson. It's going to be general because you don't have a voice teacher. You you need that voice teacher to tell you one-on-one what you need, but there is so much technique that's general technique that we all could just be reminded of. Even if you're a professional singer, maybe especially if you're a professional singer, just to have someone say, "Um, don't forget to not have your shoulders up at your earlobes or um, I just brought my shoulders down when you said that. So it's really good. I'll send, <laughs> I'll send you my bill. Yes. <laughs> well, it's just like that 
basic stuff that it really um, can go a long way. I think sometimes we make um, teaching voice or learning how to sing so complicated, but have we even done like the first five, I call it the fab five, like good breathing and posture and all that stuff. And I think I could live for the rest of my life on the fab five, just making sure I have those five things. And that's so hard to do. It's almost impossible that I don't even need anything else. Right. Exactly. And those, I I feel like those five things could apply to anything in life. Oh, totally. How about you breathe when you drive, you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Totally. Off the guy in front of you or cutting people off. Posture. I mean, when you said bring your shoulders, I was like, oh my gosh, why did my, I, I swear my shoulders were kind of up and I'm like, oh yeah, bring it down a notch, baby. You know, just yes. get that, get that, uh, you know, relaxation going there. So, uh-huh. oh, but I, I really do. I really do feel that like, that's, that's awesome that you are always sort of, and I don't say this in a, in a, this can be interpreted in any one way, but I feel like you're kind of always reinventing yourself. Oh yeah, definitely. Always trying to, you know, take on challenges and step it up a notch. And I'd like you to just to kind of talk about that with kind of your career and leading into your your teaching. And I know you've got also got the. Actually, I didn't uh, mention. I feel like one of the most fun parts about you. Um, obviously, you're a good singer and you're a good teacher, and there's all these other things, but. Um, you're, you've got this blog, right? You, you, you love blogging about food. And I want to get to that in, in a little bit, but I mean, you, you have been someone that is just sort of constantly trying to one up yourself from the year. <laughs> yes. And I love that. I mean, I really, I really feel like that's inspiring. Um, and I, and I feel like that's something I wanted you to kind of open up with. That's cool. I mean, it's so funny because I don't, um, I never have the intention of one upping. It's just that these, which would be so cool if I, that was my intention. That's a great idea. (laughs) Reinvent yourself as you go. Um, but it's usually, well, with the raise your voice stuff specifically, I was teaching these adult women and I was loving it. And, really getting a lot out of it. And I ran out of room in my studio. And one of my students said, I just wish any woman could have just the tiniest bit of this, this information. I just wish any woman in the city, what if you did like a big workshop in the city where y'all come, doesn't matter what your level is. It's just one time a year. And so my point being, these people kind of tell me to do these things (laughs) and then I do them and they're great. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was awesome. And then another student will be like, I really feel like you should have a warm up CD. And so I do a warm up CD. And then now that I'm really getting creative with all that, I'm realizing it's saving me. It's totally saving me because I don't know if just private one-on-one voice lessons in perpetuity is the way that I can keep my brain in the task or even my heart in the task. 
Right. So, and it's yeah. not really, honestly, you know, I mean, this is a whole other podcast episode, but it's not really, honestly, the wave of the future. When you think about like yeah. what people are doing and what and how they learn, I mean, it's all sort of going to um, this, this larger audience, this larger group and, um, you know, online learning and that sort of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, tell me a little bit about that, like how you feel like it's kind of moving, what direction it's kind of moving for you. I think it's moving in the direction of me doing more honestly. And I think it's because I want, I want this. So we'll see if it actually works out, but I would like to do more workshops than anything and mm -hmm. really get that website, that content just rocking mm -hmm. where it's kind of, you know, I've done it for six months and I'm kind of like, uh, I think I need to go back and like delete some of those first episodes and, um, I, I have to get a little bit, I have to take it to the next level. Um, yeah. But the workshops, I'm kind of wanting the workshops to become a bigger thing. It's a retreat. It's fun. There are treats. There are women. There's singing. There's teaching. There's a teacher like me who is not going to tell you, no, 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 not like this. Do it like this. I mean, I'm just basically, we're just basically talking about something that is so hard it's so hard to raise your voice <laughs> yeah it really is and I love the fact that you make it I mean you and I talk about this all the time personally but you make it something that's, that is I think the key word here is accessible it's yeah. not something that is like out of reach or some pie in the sky idea and I feel like so much of the generation that we learned from is talking about it like or were talking about it like it is just this secret that needs to be unlocked and <laughs> only if you are the bearer of the right blah 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 can you grasp this elusive secret it feels like that mm -hmm. only the elites know about and it feels it, it i know for me that was a huge um issue for me it, as a young singer that I just felt like always like it was just this elusive thing and I was not in the club <laughs> I to learn these secrets and I was not worthy of knowing what these secrets were so I, I love how you make it accessible and you sort of invite people in you know you just let's just learn how to sing let's just learn how to sing yeah easy Yes. I had a friend t come in and sit in on a workshop and she was like, I'm not sure you're as much of a voice teacher as you are a therapist or like a motivational <laughs> speaker. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope so, you're not offended by that. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I really felt like I, I can totally relate to that because I, I feel like 90% of my teaching is just motivating, motivating, yes. encouraging, supporting, and the rest of it is is the actual technique. So yeah, I think that's true. But they definitely need to um, tell some kind of healthcare provider so we can get a back. <laughs> yes, back, you know, <laughs> like kickbacks are necessary in the world of teaching private voice lessons. I went to a, I went to a therapy session one time, and the there was a sliding scale, and <clears throat> I was looking at this scale and thinking, oh, I think this, you know, I was still trying to figure it out, but after an hour therapy session, I think it was going to be like something like $135. <laughs> yes. And I yeah. was like, girl, you didn't even teach me how to sing a song. 
an audition with this crap. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, seriously, we're so, I mean, we're, it is, it is an underappreciated profession for sure. Yes, it <laughs> is. And it is not taken seriously either, even though I don't want to take myself seriously. I would like people to take <laughs> yes, my, the payment of me seriously. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> don't take yourself seriously, but at least pay me what I'm worth. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to kind of move on from there. You know, you're singing professionally. I don't know if you wanted to talk at all about that or if you wanted to um, skip to some other things. Well, I um, the thing about the professional singing is just so daunting. Um, and there's so much that we there's can so talk much about, to it, right? There's so much there. Yeah, there's <laughs> so much to it. It's so subjective. There are so many variables that change for everyone. And I had, a, I, I taught high school girls before I started teaching adults and those high school girls would just be like, or I even taught college and they'd be like, what should I do? Should I be a performance major? Should I try to be a singer? And the, op, the idea of saying, should I try to be a singer? I mean, you're a singer. Uh, yeah. It's you just like, awesome. just be, a, yeah, totally. It's just like be a singer. And then really work hard if you want to, as you want to get better or whatever, but it just feels so make or break. And it's, yeah. it still feels that way. I mean, I have a performance yeah. this weekend and I'm like, I wake up every morning thinking I'm really not in very good voice. Well, do I need to be in good voice today? No, no. but I'm, I'm already thinking about the impending doom of my weekend of performance. <laughs> yes. Like, calm yeah. down. You're 45 years old. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I think it's like anything. Once you're in it, you know, and you're abs- and you're doing it, you're doing the work and you're 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 getting the job and you're getting the, you're getting paid for it. I think there's a whole different level of realizing self-realization, first of all, and also just seeing this for what it really is and there's definitely Mm -hmm. pros and there's definitely cons and I kind of wanted to just hear a snippet yeah that's a big loaded question but you know just you're in it and I think it's one of those things that for a lot of people you know um in fact I just interviewed with a friend of mine who's a really good um singer and yet she uh, you know, chose the path of having a family and um, she has a, a child who is autistic, but like, she's one of those, those people who could go out right now and audition and get a role. Uh-huh. Yeah. However, you know, um, I think in her mind, you know, and I think she's, she's had to work through that as I have as well. Um, you know, it, it, you have to sort of fight that, that, feeling in your mind of it's sort of this pie in the sky goal Mm -hmm. of of achieving and really realize the nuts and bolts that go behind making that an actual um, reality in your life and and knowing is that really is that really what is what is in my mind uh, really true yes about what that would be and what that would mean for my life so I just kind of wanted to break that apart if you yeah my I think my take on it at this point in my life is I'm starting to realize that it's actually the having your head in a book of beautiful music and having your mind wrapped around some beautiful aria or Bach or Mozart or whatever. 
I think it's the actual higher thinking and higher living of having music in our lives that actually is what you're probably wanting more than anything. Oh, yes. And when you when you realize that, it's like, oh, well, I'll just go into that room and sing and I'll feel like a million bucks. And I don't necessarily I have students who are not professionals and they're like, they're awesome. And they're like, well, why am I doing this? What am I doing all this hard work for? And I'm like, so that you can sing, so that you can sing well. Well, but who's going to hear it? And I'm like, you, you're going to hear it. God's going to hear it. (laughs) Right, right. And I love that you bring that up. I mean, that could be a whole topic on its own because I know for me, you and I've had that conversation. Like I thought Mm -hmm. I really, really wanted to be, you know, to get back into singing again. And I do as a mother of three, I miss it. I miss having that as a part of my life. And I get frustrated by not only the limited opportunities, um, but when I do get the opportunities, I have to really wrestle with myself on, but I don't have time for this. Yeah, yes. I don't really, really have time. And it really does um, take our, you know, it, it really does disrupt our entire family when right. I take on anything outside of my normal everyday cooking, doing laundry, um, you know, making sure the kids have food, you know, that sort of thing. It takes away. And so I love that you bring that up. Like it's, it's really, you have to really think really long and hard about what you are. I've said really a lot in that sentence. Sorry. Really, really. Really. (laughs) Long and hard. (laughs) What it is you actually want from that experience because it may not be uh, a pie in the sky professional um, gig. It may just be you need to get into a room with a piano and Mm. sit like you said. And I uh, preach. Oh my gosh. I want to back up because you said this uh, to me about a month or so ago about um, why don't you just go and get your book of Mozart uh, art songs and arias out and just sit down and sing it. Yes. That that might make you feel better than getting hired um, by a professional choir or, or going and singing, you know, something where you're going to have to be in multiple rehearsals Mm -hmm. hours and multiple days at a time, just go sit down at your piano and sing. And when, when you said that and, we were having that conversation back and forth over Marco Polo. Again, therapy. Um, <laughs> I really, I, I, I cried. I cried because it was something I realized like, oh my gosh, that would totally fill my soul. That would totally fill my cup mm-hmm. in a way that I have not been getting filled. And it's, it really made it all sort of make sense to me. when you. And that. I will tell you something that's even weirder is that a lot of times I'm doing repeat um, performances. This weekend's Carmina Burana, I have sung it a million times. I will sing it again. I'm not going to crack it open until I get there. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that there is such proof to this practicing thing and spending time with your voice. Because since I will not practice a bit of this, I will be dreading of the rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Um, I will have, I, I basically will have pulled, teased apart 
the part that I actually enjoy, which is the practicing. Yeah. And I just threw that away like, oh, we don't need that. It's kind of like the whole wheat crisis. Yeah. We, <laughs> we pulled away the part of the wheat that we that actually helps us digest the other stuff. The fiber. And- <laughs> <laughs> right. And so we, we took just- the fiber out of wheat. <laughs> so we just took the really good stuff away. And yeah. so I do this all the time uh, where I'm like, oh, um, I don't have time to practice. I'm just, you know, I know the piece. I'm just going to show up. And then after the performance, I realize, wow, I was unhappy this entire time. Why was I unhappy? Because I didn't spend any time doing the thing I love so much, which is right. really just spending time with the, the instrument. Isn't that crazy? It's like you missed the opportunity to really enjoy this moment that you've been given you miss that's it right because you're too caught up in the fact that it's taking up time you don't have that's right that's you're right in the bathroom no, <laughs> exactly um yeah and it's in 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 for me you know I always kind of struggled with this whole obligation situation mm-hmm. and I think you're you're much more of a a professional than I am <laughs> Because you kind of, you kind of submit to the fact that, um, you're going to be owned for a while. Oh no, I hate it. I'm with you. I'm just as childish as you are. (laughs) I'm so childish about that part. I'm just like, they want me to come for four hours. (laughs) Uh, I really, I didn't like it when I was in high school and I got called in for extra rehearsals for the concert we were getting ready to do. And I don't like it now. I mean, it's never changed. Hate it, hate it, hate it. But if you, I always say the same thing. Like if I'm, when I'm standing on the stage and actually singing the music, I always think to myself, why didn't I just submit to this earlier and enjoy (laughs) this supposedly break that I've been giving myself like this is supposed to fill my cup this is what I chose totally so yeah it's meditative it's it is one of the most meditative things you could do when you're thinking about I mean think we've been you and I have been through thick and thin with the boys and Mm -hmm. husbands Mm -hmm. and whatever and it's so funny how we could be crying our eyes out about a stupid boy or something our wonderful men, our wonderful husbands maybe would do. And then all of a sudden you're like, I can't sing. I just shouldn't even practice, but I guess I better. Five minutes into singing something or practicing, you're like hopping around the practice oh. room. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And it's funny. I don't think I've ever told you this story, but I remember very vividly in undergrad as I was getting closer to my finishing my degree. And I was um, really serious with a guy and he broke up with me and I was crushed. And I remember going to the practice room, same situation. I was like, Oh, I can't. And I went and I was just singing. I think I was singing Brahms or something. I was just like, Mm. Oh, and I remember that just healing effect that it had oh. on me that, and I walked out of that practice room and I'm like, I am marrying my music. This for, from <laughs> now on, I do not care if I get asked out, I'm not going to care if I have another date in the, for the rest of my life. I mean, I know that's totally an extreme, but <laughs> I can relate to that. Like, I felt like I just was like, this is what I do. This is who I am. 
I am not going to be hurt again. I'm going to walk into that practice room and I'm going to make this happen because I am not going to allow someone else to take over who I am and what I do. And I remember it was kind of out of a, a situation where we've all been in as a young person where you sort of let the guy just decide and you, you know, <laughs> he likes, he likes football. So all of a sudden you like football and he likes, um, you know, to go to this restaurant. So all of a sudden you, and I had been in this relationship for a while and I realized like, oh my gosh, I haven't done anything that I wanted to do for the entire time we've been together. Oh my gosh. I just submitted, you know, my life to the fact that, you know, I just didn't care if my, if my self was coming out in this, in this relationship, all I cared about was that I was with that person. And when Uh that person dumped me, probably dumped me because of that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Totally. Once you're not an interesting musician with, uh, you know, opinions, what's the point? So I, I realized at that moment, like, no, this is who I am. And this, and it was so, so healing. And I really, I realized for the first time, like, this is my thing. This is my thing that I can go to, to, um, sort of reclaim myself. Yes, (laughs) totally. And it's still true. And it's hard to remember that when you're like, well, um, I'm married now and everything's okay. And all the things that I was striving for that I was crying about that I didn't have well I I have them now so I really don't need to rely on music yes you do yes Yes, you do need to rely on that music (laughs) yes you do yeah absolutely yes you do and that's I think that's so I mean that's sort of an overarching theme for this podcast in Mm -hmm. general is because I feel so strongly as I know you do too about not letting you know, these people we love and these kids we, mm-hmm. we, we give birth to letting all of the things that we are, um, you know, responsible for in our lives, keep us from the very things that fill our cups and, and, and heal us and, and make us who we are as individuals. Yes, totally. And, and I don't feel like, um, this is the whole idea of, you know, what we hear all the time of, you know, find your, reclaim your identity and blah, 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 blah. I feel like there's a lot of that going around. I think this is more of just like, you are a person. You were a person before. You're a person now. Yes. And you have, you have dreams. You have things that, that help you to be the person that you are. You have the goals. You have all these things in your life that, are fulfilling for you. Yeah. You never abandon that just because we have our lives have become busier. And I think it's hard because it is kind of the road less traveled. I mean, right. you right. you sort of have to remind yourself. I have to remind myself almost every day of just the things that I want to do that are definitely outside the norm of what I see all around me living in the Midwest. And it's really hard. I do feel like I'm swimming upstream and I'm almost, I feel like I'm fighting a little bit of a battle sometimes even with myself, but even with other people of like, Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I, yeah, I, I want to do things just a little bit differently. I have a one bedroom house. I know that's strange. (laughs) 
but I want that little one bedroom house because we really want to eventually get to a place where we can travel or um, we don't want to be spending it cleaning it or whatever. I mean, it's just so it's hard. It's hard to really fight that. And goal, those goals of having a bigger house than our house are great. It's just that, are they your goals? And if they are rock it, but and I, they, it never was that, mine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And are they goals that are going to be vehicles to get you to where you want to be? Or are yeah. they, or are they goals that actually just keep you from doing what you need to do? So oh, that's so true. I mean, that comes out a lot. And when you talked about not being conventional, I think that's a big, big hang up for a mm-hmm. lot of women, especially creative women who feel like, gosh, it's, it's a luxury for me to be able to go sit down in a practice room and sing. I mean, I've got a lot of things going on. I've got, mm-hmm. deadlines, I've got kids that need me to feed them and bills that need to be paid. And, you know, I can name like 20 things right now that I should be doing instead of recording a podcast. Interview. Yes. Right. I've got laundry. I mean, if you saw the five loads of laundry sitting around me, yep. it would give you the heebie-jeebies. And I know a lot of, of people that um, just really feel like this is frivolous. It's frivolous mm-hmm. to go, you know, to try. And, and I don't even think it's about dreaming bigger. I feel like it's even frivolous or many people feel like it's frivolous just to even want to go have time for themselves to create or take time out of their day to read a book or take time out of their day to just be alone and meditate or go work out. I mean, like Mm -hmm. go to like just some very real needs in our lives, like just, you know, uh, looking up recipes for cleaner, healthier food and um you know those are things that a lot of times we just feel like oh you know I shouldn't want that right because I have too many other things and that's you know if I look around me to other other people in life that are do you know I know you know three friends right now who are working 60 hour a week jobs and they don't get a chance Mm -hmm. to read they don't Mm -hmm. get a chance to you know take a bubble bath weekend it's it seems so frivolous to do those things that are just absolutely crucial for your health you know yeah you really touched on something that makes me I have a a lot of I guess you could call it guilt of just feeling like like right now everybody is at work and I am at home and I'm drinking a lovely cup of coffee and talking to my lovely friend And I'm really happy right now. Well, um, when I'm performing on the weekends, it validates it. But (laughs) right now it's not, it's 1030 or whatever time it is. And I, I feel like, oh, I feel like I should almost be more productive just to help out or to make, to make, I don't know, just to make it valid that yeah. it's okay that I'm not working right now. It's just so hard. And that's another unconventional, that's one part about performing. If you are a performer, you probably have another little job or a big job that goes with it. If you, if you just are a sole performer, a lot of times that's just way, way hard because it's so all about your instrument. 
end of story and all of your money is made by that instrument. And I, I find it to be a bigger blessing if you have other things, but um, you probably don't have a nine to five job. No. And then the performing, that would be such a killer. I do know some people who do it, but I, I don't even know how they do it. So no. it's just like, it really is hard that just sheer fact that we don't have the typical schedule. And I know you probably feel that way as a mom, some moms work, some moms homeschool, some moms don't work and all the moms are judgmental. <laughs> yes, right. Why are we so judgmental? Yeah, what yeah. the hell is that all about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, like I said, again, we could go into another podcast episode just on that fact alone. <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel, I feel like, um, you know, you touched on something that I'd like to kind of explore a little bit more. And that is the whole validation thing, because mm. we, you talk about that a lot. I feel like that's one of the things that really you struggle with because yes. your husband works full time. He's a choir director for high school, private high mm-hmm. school. And you find yourself being alone a lot. I mean, Uh you're single, (laughs) even though you're married. Yes. (laughs) Struggle because you're like, I didn't think this was how it was going to be. I didn't think this is, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't think I was going to be alone all the time. I got married so I could be with someone. Uh Uh-huh. But I feel like in 20 million different ways, everybody feels that way. And if yes. you've got a husband that has a, 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 you know, choral director position like you do, or you've got a husband that works at Dell, or you have a husband that travels three days out of the week or even months at a time, and you've got young kids to take care of, or maybe you won't bo- both work full time. It's, it's like you're drifters in the night. You know, uh-huh. if you're just like passing each other in the hallway on the way to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. And you are, you don't, you're, you're feeling like, and I know for you, just to, just to kind of uh, drive back to that point about validation for you, you feel like, well, am I doing enough? Am I, <sighs> you know, what, if, if, am I being lazy by just sitting here and could I be accomplishing more? And, and so we've had that talk a lot, you and I, about just accomplishing things. And when yes. do you allow yourself balance to say, okay, you know what? I think I'm good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally. Totally. I'm having such a, an aha moment in the last couple months. I've just been like really trying to reinvent this idea of why I feel, oh my gosh, I'm trying to slow down. So I'm trying to slow down with my performing so that I can enjoy it more. And so that I don't feel so run down. I probably perform about 50 to 60 performances a year. Mm. Um, That's about the, the average. That's a lot. That's a lot. And how many of those performances did I choose the music? Yeah. Zero. Probably two. two. (laughs) maybe <laughs> <laughs> so you know I started my own concert series for that reason and yes I wanted to I wanted to touch on that in a minute if you if you can yes it, absolutely. I love the fact that you kind of again like the whole idea of reinventing yourself so it works for you 
Yes. And I, it's so life. funny. I, I can't believe that that's what came out of all of my thinking about it. Because <laughs> at first I was like, slow down, don't do anything else. Maybe I should just quit singing or just, how about I just quit these couple things? And I've been like trying to figure out how to do it forever. And then what came out of it was, oh, add. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but add the things you love. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, you touched on a good point. If you take away, you know, I mean, I've done that before where I've said, okay, I'm not going to sing anymore. I'm not taking on singing gigs. But if you don't put something into the mix, then you find yourself six months down the road going, I'm so depressed. Maybe I need value. Maybe I need something to, to like perk me up a little bit. And you realize, yes. oh my gosh, I haven't sung. That's I know. I haven't sung. And, and, and so that whole idea of taking away is great, but you took away and then you added. Yes. And I'm still working on the taking away part. Like I took away a couple things that I felt were really good things to kind of eliminate. Um, they, it was still really difficult to do it, but I think it was a really positive thing. And I actually have a probably two or three more things that I probably should get rid of. Um, but it's going to take me a while um, because a lot of it is I already have contracts, if you want to call it that, contracts for next year. So I could say, you know, I quit now and I'm not going to do those. I don't know. It's so difficult. Um, but the adding of the stuff that I love, it has just, it, it's like my, it's like a reset. It was like a reset yeah. button. Yeah. Yeah. And <sighs> it's you know, it's, they, they say that a lot for relationships, but it's so much easier to invite something new in or to, or I should say, um, back up, I should say, it's so much easier to eliminate things when you have something that you mm. are already looking at that is much, much better for you. That's exactly right. So That's exactly you've right. Done, you've kind of, you've kind of got your eye on a, on a prize that you're mm-hmm. like, okay, you know what? I can start kind of doing away and filtering out. That's exactly right. That's right I on. Love, I love that. Well, you, I, you were, I know we're, we're needing to wrap up here in a minute, but I really wanted to kind of let you talk about you know, we were talking about kind of the, the being single idea when you're married, <laughs> who is, who is uh, very busy and not there a lot when you are, um, you know, not all the time, right? It's, it's a season, yeah. but it, there is a, there's a season where it's really intensive and you cannot be around each other. And so I would just love to talk about, you know, how that's impacted you and how you guys have found common ground in the midst of your busy um, lives and what you've kind of done to sort of counteract that. Or if you're, I, mean, I know you're still working through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I do agree with you that I feel like everybody feels this way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, I didn't expect to feel like we had to introduce, reintroduce each other to each other <laughs> yeah Every single sam, <laughs> my husband always says at the his name's sam and at the beginning of the summer there will be a couple days of like a teary-eyed sam kind of sitting on the couch watching action films over and over and like he's he, you can tell he's kind of moping because he doesn't really he's so happy it's over but he doesn't really know what to do with 
you know, a month or it's not even three months anymore, but just like a couple months off. And um, he always says, once he emerges from that, he always says, hello, me amo Sam. (laughs) (laughs) He says it. He says it every year. And I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. Here we go again. (laughs) Yes. He's always like, it's sometime in June. It'll be like the middle of June. He'll be like, I feel like I'm being reborn it's like he sees <laughs> colors differently and yeah. it, he's I feel so bad for him and even though he loves he is this guy is a fifth or sixth generation workaholic okay <laughs> he is like steeped in the tradition of good hard work and yeah. being blessed with work and that is really cool it's not that he's positive necessarily all the time. I think manual labor would probably make him feel even better. But instead, he's got to think all day. He's got to be sensitive. He's got to, <laughs> he's got to like, he has to do so much and so many people. He's kind of one of those, the buck stops here guys mm-hmm. where, you know, oh, just call Sam. He knows how to handle A, B, and C. And I know he takes pride in that, but that is what is the that is what really is the straw that breaks the camel's back sometimes it's like mm-hmm. oh my gosh you have time to fit yet another thing in and meanwhile lunch is on the table dinner's on the table so yeah. i think the thing the couple things that i think we're starting to figure out is i need my own things Mm-hmm. my own life um, amen yeah it feels it feels really amen. unfair but <laughs> yeah. yeah um I'll be a lot happier if I have my own I- I'm sorry I don't have a job that takes 75 hours a week he has three jobs that's why it t- I mean, he okay so he's a high school choir director but he's also a church choir director just in case yeah. people are trying to do the math and they're like wait a minute <laughs> Yeah, and he also just started his own choir. Yes, in addition to that. Yes, so, he started I mean, his own choir. Yeah, so he has a he has a high school choir that's his main job. Then he's got a church choir, and now he just started the what is it called the camera? He he doesn't know what the name is, but it's going to oh. be a men's choir, a professional men's choir. And he he's also in the chorale, which is uh, the Kansas City chorale. It's just a maybe you could call it a quarter time job, but it definitely takes Takes, some talent. Takes time, (laughs) commitment, talent, of course. Yeah. And it's it's one of those jobs where you think to yourself, oh, it's not going to take up much time. And then, you know, always does. That (laughs) is correct. It always does. Well, you, yeah, you were just, I I feel like that's something that I wanted to just touch on because we have talked about that. And I love that you said, you know, you have to find, and I think you and I even had that discussion back and forth where it's just really important to kind of snap yourself out of this codependency that we tend to have on Mm. the people that we're married to. And even on your kids, you know, you kind of expect your kids are going to be there or, you know, and, but they're Mm -hmm. not always going to be there. They're, they're going to have their own interests and they're going to have their own lives eventually. And I'm, I speak for myself because I'm starting, starting to see this happen that aren't going to involve you. Yeah. And so it's really important. I think for, for me specifically, and I know a lot of other 
moms that um, are creative and, and feel this sort of compelling need to do something outside of being a mother, but they feel that guilt mm-hmm. involved in it. I feel like that's something that I really have had to, to figure out. Like I cannot, I don't, I cannot afford to be guilty for this. Now yes. we have to frame it in a way that is not, I really feel like, and this people might disagree with me and that's totally fine. I really feel like as a mom and as a wife, but definitely as a mom, I have to reframe my interests in a way that it doesn't take away from the time that I'm with my family when they are there. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't want to be out doing my thing and be creative or be an entrepreneur or even working out, which sounds really silly to some people, but I really don't feel like it's okay to go out and, you know, do all of these extra things for myself during really valuable time when I, when everybody's home. And so, yeah. and, and I know a lot of people feel differently and they're like, no, that's, that's, that's not right. You, you need to do what you need to do. But, you know, my kids are gone at school, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week. My husband is gone even more than that. And so that's good 40, 50 hours that they are not here. Yeah. And, and that's time that I can, in you know, sort of self-indulge with the things that uh, fill my cup. And so I really feel like that is something I, I try to, um, you know, limit and reframe, I should yes, say. Yes, for sure. I, I definitely, I definitely think, you know, that you are onto something when you talk about just really structuring your life in a way that it, it, you can feel okay. Yeah. Though you may not be with him and, 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 and you can feel okay when you're not singing because you're creating other things. Yeah. It just feels so, um, I'm, I'm hoping that I can kind of go to the next level with this too, with, with Sam, because you know, we're, we're at this place in our lives where we're paying off debts and we're really trying to get into this next level place with our finances. And I can't tell you how delicious I would feel about everything if I could just get away for three days on a little retreat or a little trip. Oh, I just need yes. to get away so, so bad. And Come because, <laughs> oh my gosh, totally. Except I can't because we have not been able to go anywhere as a couple. I yeah. feel like we yeah. have to go somewhere as a couple before I get to traipse down and have my little fun with my girlfriends. Oh, and I feel it's that. Oh, so that's terrible. I know. I know. What is it about that? I feel like even going out for a drink, you know, a, a friend of mine asked me last week, you want to go out for dinner and a drink? And I'm like, I haven't been, I would, but I haven't been out for dinner and a drink with my husband in like six months. Yeah, exactly. I call him. That's terrible. That's terrible. So I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I better call him and ask him to do that before I say yes to you. <laughs> that is exactly what's going on with me. That is right on. Right? Like, I just can't, um, I cannot get away because I, it's so funny. I can't get away because my husband is working too much, but it's really, (laughs) when you think about that, like eventually it will get to a place where we'll be able to take a vacation together and then I'll be free to move about the country, (laughs) which is what I want to do. Which is what you want to do. Specifically, 
a, a little place in France where you can ride your bike. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. Do you know, I bought Chuck Taylor's the other day just so that I can partially fulfill my dream okay. of having a bike with the Chuck Taylors. <laughs> in the middle of downtown Kansas City. I want a picture of that. I want a picture of that when you get on that bike. <laughs> with your Chuck Taylors. <laughs> well, we, I, Sarah and I, we could talk forever and ever about all the things. In fact, we've done it multiple times. I mean, I, I think Marco Polo has been my savior and the devil himself <laughs> in my life because we have literally walked each other through an entire day. We just like, have to set timers. That's what we have to do. <laughs> um, but it's so, it's so good because it, we really, you know, it, and I, if you don't have a friend who you can do that with and just, I mean, we had, and I would highly recommend Marco Polo because it's, it's really incredible for that reason. Like we've redecorated each other's homes. Oh yeah. That was the best thing we did. each other through the KonMari method <laughs> with Marco Polo, you know, right there. So I really feel like, you know, we could just go on and on about all the things and solve all the world's problems in one conversation. And if you don't have a friend like that, that you can do that with please go out and find one at your nearest Lowe's. Or, or... <laughs> how can we monetize it though? We need to figure out how to monetize Seriously. those Marco Polos. <laughs> like, like, let's help you. I mean, Facebook is nice, but you know, we really need real friends that we can talk to. So maybe we can, yes. maybe we can, um, yeah, maybe we can make that into an app. You could pay to just eavesdrop in on our Marco Polos because you're brilliant. <laughs> And then you'd feel like you had a social, a real social support. <laughs> well, it's like a chat room. <laughs> totally. But the, pro- the problem is you'd never get a word in edgewise. So just, <laughs> just be a listener. Just be yeah, a don't listener. even bother. Just don't even try. <laughs> well, one of the things I wanted to just wrap up with, I, adm- I love and admire you so much. And one of the things that I love and admire about you most is your ability just to be flexible and adjust to any situation, you know, and you really are one of these self-made women who have just kind of figured out what works for you in your career, what doesn't work for you, what would, what would fill your cup more. And I feel like, you know, this sort of goes back to one word for me always that I kind of, you know, we talk about this audacity, the audacity to dream Mm -hmm. and to think, you know, and I, I don't think in your everyday life, you're thinking that, you're being so brave or you're being so bold or you're being so audacious, but I really feel like you have done that and you've created a life for yourself and continue to, and you will continue to evolve and and work through some things. And I wanted to get into some other things you're doing, but I really feel like um, your ability to, to just be flexible and adjust to things and just take the bull by the horns and say, okay, you know, my doctor says I've got to go off gluten or, you know, this singing gig isn't working for me, you know, I'm going to invent something that works and I'm going to do it. So I would love for you to just tell me about, you know, what your number one message is and what your mm. like kind of about your approach to life when it comes to staying balanced and really living a life that you feel fulfilled with and what that means to you. Oh, thank you. I mean, I don't feel this way at all so it's so (laughs) like refreshing and beautiful to hear and just like life-giving 
I'm just going to feel, I'm going to have a very big ego all day today. <laughs> and then I'll wake up the next morning and be like, wait, what? Um, but I, my, my message, my goal is exactly what you just said, balance. I mean, I am really, really imbalanced about the way that I want balance. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it's have like a number one thing. It's like your number one thing. It's my right. number one thing, which means it's not a balanced, you know, you like calm down with the balance <laughs> thing. But um, I just like, I want that balance so bad. I've lived my entire life with that need for balance. And it goes right back to what we started out talking about, where I go into the bathroom of an audition, a school I was auditioning for, and it all fell into place for me that I needed to be somewhere. And I'll, I'll be honest, the school that I had gotten into that I did not go to was Indiana University. It was a big school. And I said no to it because there was no one nice. Mm-hmm. There was no one nice. It was a terrible experience. And then I go into this refreshing experience and I chose that one. I chose it for a lot of reasons, but it goes right back to you don't have to feed my ego by the way and tell me all if you could just while we're on air <laughs> it does though it goes right back to the beginning where i was maybe i couldn't have said it out loud although i think i did say it i remember telling my dad because my dad had gone with me to this audition and he wanted to see what the school was like too, because I think he really wanted me to go there. It was just closer. But my parents really wanted me to go to Kansas city. And um, I just like, I realized that I'm not going to be one of those people who only will work, work, work. I need to go somewhere that will allow me to have friends and relationships and play and work and all the things, and yeah. I have never, ever changed. There's a part of me, too, that I, of course, I wish I was that person who would just be like, I don't care if I feel bad. I'm going to run two more miles. And yeah, I wish We're that I the- had that, but I don't. I'm not that girl. <laughs> no. And I, you know, it, it, and it sounds silly, but I am, you, we've talked about this. I am not the type of person, if, if I go to a restaurant even, and it's great food, and amazing, you know, all these things, and the people aren't nice, and the yes. staff isn't friendly, I'm out. I'm out, yes. I'm out, I'm out. And I feel that way with the businesses that I come in contact with. So I think it's a really important statement. I mean, I think that's a million dollar statement right there. That you, you know, when you make your decisions based on what your priorities are. Your yes. Priorities. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it really is. It really, I do feel like um, a lot of times I'm down on myself. I don't think I have a good work ethic and I don't think I have uh, what it takes to really see a project all the way through and follow through and success and all these things because I look at the world and I kind of see all I can see anyway is that these people who are really successful just like they just work all night and they make it happen and they just I think I, I don't know if you remember this but when we were in school I made up this term called the valve and that <laughs> some people have the valve in their brain yes. that will just shut down and they have yeah. to just go ahead and have a good time. And some people don't have the valve and they'll work themselves to death, but they look like they're so successful, but 
in the end, is that really what we want? Just work, work, work and not even notice that you're having a heart attack? I don't know. I don't think that's going to be what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yeah. And there was a quote I read once. It might've been something somebody posted on Instagram, but it was talking about how, you know, the best successes are basically just a whole bunch of failures. (laughs) And, you know, we are, I I know I didn't say it right. Someone's going to like listen to this and be like, you misquoted the quote. (laughs) It really is true. I mean, what you think everyone else is doing and how they're pushing ahead and putting their feelings aside or putting their, maybe their families aside or their husbands aside, and they're just going for it and not letting the feelings all seep in. Um, you know, that's them, but what you've created for yourself, even in the midst of having feelings and maybe not finishing something, maybe you didn't finish that because it just wasn't working out. Yeah, and you had the inner compass to say, you know what, that's not where I should be spending my time. Yeah, but but I think a lot of times we get criticized because we look at it from the perspective of, oh, you always start something, but you don't finish it. And there's uh-huh. that perfectionist side. And you know, that feeling that, you know, everybody's listening, everybody's watching what I'm doing. And yeah, and I've got to be I've got to be a, a finisher, you know, and, and, and and follow through with those things. So I think there's a lot. I had a, a friend of mine say the other day when I was starting this podcast, and she's like, it's so great to see all the things that you t- constantly try to do. You know? <laughs> I don't really know how to take that. You know, I've had people <laughs> say that recently. I've had You're, someone say that so almost exactly. <laughs> so cute. It's so cute. Yeah. It, it, I love it, how hard you try at being a musician. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, but honestly, I, I've, I've reframed those criticisms by just saying, and I don't think my friend meant it that way, but I've reframed those criticisms to uh, that I feel inside and said, you know what? I, I try, I try things. I try yeah. to see what I enjoy and what works for me and what doesn't. And, you know, and, and you and I are the same where it's, um, you know, if something isn't working, you know, we'll, we'll uh, finish our obligation up, but you can guarantee we won't keep doing that again. <laughs> right. And a lot yes. Of people, they have this feeling like I said I would. So, and there's totally nothing to be, you know, to shake a stick at when, when you commit to something that's absolutely value, valid and valuable. And I think you should be a person of your word. But I also believe, and you and I've talked about this, if it's not working for whatever reason, it's really important for you to have that inner compass to say, you know what, I, this isn't for me. This yeah. And me. a lot of times it's stuff that doesn't even matter anyway. Like who are, who exactly do you think you're disappointing if you <laughs> decide to like give up that Pilates membership? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like calm down. Who's you're not, you're not ruler yeah. of the universe. <laughs> You're not the president. Yeah, You're not I, the president. I know. And, and that, I think that's that that makes people weary of, of even starting something because they worry about, oh, gosh, maybe it doesn't go well. And then everybody's going to say something to me about mm-hmm. that. And, and so we don't even try. So, yeah, um, we could go on and on forever. Oh, my and gosh. So totally. Here. And there's so many good nuggets. I got that feeling. Do you ever get that feeling when you're teaching and you're on to something and you kind of get like a little shiver down your spine. Like, no, I've never felt that. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. 
and I feel that way about this conversation. Like, it's like, there's so much here that we're onto. And, and, and even if you and I are the only people that get something out of the conversation, it'll be a success. I just, <laughs> just, I just am excited about it. It's so well, good. I think, I think a lot of people, um, I think it, it would be very interesting to hear who is out there listening and what you feel about this, because the thing is, it, it applies. You can just substitute the word singer for, um, you know, Any. having your own babysitting, um, your your own daycare center or whatever it is. You're you're a plumber. And how do you handle that? And I mean, I think there are there are so many ways to look at this and really relate I'd I just love want to, to stop hear. you because if, if, if we have listeners who are going into plumbing. <laughs> I always say I the plumber. My front bathroom, I, I kid you not, it keeps get, the toilet keeps getting stopped up. I have three kids <laughs> use way too much toilet paper. So, yeah, if you're going into that field. <laughs> Please call Amy at... <laughs> And we're back to the bathroom. (laughs) What a good wrap up. Full circle. Always goes back. Always, right? Our our, our conversation always ends with the toilet. (laughs) It's literally toilet humor. Literally. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I know you're busy and you've got things to do today. And I am so grateful for you taking the time to spend with me today and our listeners and just chat. So I appreciate you doing this. Thank you. So I much. love this and keep up the good work and just, I'm ready to be on again, whenever you want to talk about anything else. I, I feel like we've opened up Pandora's box <laughs> and we could go in like 20 different directions with just this conversation, which is pretty much it. so, which is why. <laughs> Which is why it takes us an entire weekend on Marco Polo to work everything out. That is exactly right. For free, though. For free. For free. For free. We didn't pay a therapist for any of that. Any. Any of it. All right, girl. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to this podcast episode. It means so much for me. And please don't forget to leave a review. Till next time. Bye-bye.